I, I want to get saved, um, and so I did. But um, I would say that as I grew up, um, kind of my faith was just there. Um, I didn't really do anything with it. Um, and then it wasn't probably until 15, after a year, um, where I just totally left God and put him to the back burner, that I was really just like, no, I, I want to fully commit to this. Like, I want God to be um, the person that I serve and give my all to him. So I'd probably say about 15 was whenever my relationship with him started. Um, I got saved at a Tuesday night club at my church. Um, I remember hearing about my sin and that I had done wrong against God. I had offended him and um, had to ask him into my heart and um, ask him for forgiveness. And I remember doing that that night at the age of seven or eight. Um, but as a seven or eight-year-old, nothing really changed my life. And it was probably until about fifth year, maybe, where my relationship or my Christian faith was more of like a tick box thing. It was very much like go to church, you know, you read your Bible, but I wouldn't have said it was personal um, until I got to about fifth year and then I realized that this is actually about a relationship. It's not about doing things. And that what changed from there on in? Oh, everything changed. It, it wasn't a chore, a chore to go to church. It was actually, I want to get to know Jesus whenever I came to the realization of what he had done for me and how much I had actually offended him, how much sin I had in my life. Um, so everything changed, my outlook and everything and wanting to get to know God's people and church life changed and I want to go there and to, to um, learn from those people and to help others as well. Nicole, what about you? So you said about 15, really committed to God. What, what changed in your life from there on until now? Um, I would say that well, pretty much the same as Judith, I quite a lot did change. Um, it went from, from really just knowing who Jesus was to actually having that relationship with him. Um, I didn't even. I went through a period where I didn't even want to come to CA. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to do anything. But um, after that night, it, it just all changed, and I, I I wanted to know and, and learn more about Jesus and who He was, and I wanted to to worship Him and praise Him more and get to know Him per, more personal. Class. Um, just kind of adding to what you guys have already said. Uh, first of all, I just want to say. I know there's lots of teams going out through CE and you'll be doing kids' work and expression certainly majors a lot in kids' work. But you can see there are three stories that involve childhood and, uh, and uh, in some way responding to Christ. And I uh, just want to encourage you, it's so, so important. It's so important. Um, and and for, I guess for me, in, in a sense that uh, I, I don't remember going through that time of sort of drifting to that extent whereby I felt I needed to come back um, that probably happened in minor ways over the years, you know. But what I would say is, I can't imagine not having faith. Um, I guess it's because it, it's been there since it was about 10. I can't imagine being any other way. And, uh, and yeah, it's just interesting to hear you guys. You felt that you, you sort of drifted, but then you came back. And uh, it's really good to hear that. It's really good to hear that. But, um, you know, at, at this stage, I'm long, long older and all the rest. I just can't imagine any other way, and uh, and I wouldn't want it any other way, you know. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Unreal. Um, can you tell me, Malcolm? Sorry, you. Um, about a time in your life when you faced hardships or, or trials, mm -hmm. um, a period of difficulty, maybe. And looking back, how can you see God work in, in, in that situation? Um, for me, yeah. As I said earlier on, I grew up in Fermanagh, and I went to a school called Pretoria. It doesn't exist anymore. It's now the Enniskill and Royal Grammar School. The Ergs is. You probably, some of you may have come across them in the rugby pitch or in the hockey pitch. Um, but yeah, it was it was tough as a teenager in Pretoria. Um, you sort of felt really, really on your own as a Christian. Um, 
it was all boys as well. It was a complete, I guess in that sense, you've got a whole macho thing uh, that maybe isn't so much whenever you've got a school that's co-ed, you know, uh, and praise God it is now. But uh, So it was tough, I have to say, going through that. We didn't really have an SU. It was small. Um, there was one faithful teacher, teacher who used to bring us up to a place called Manifest, which was kind of like CE, only bigger up in Belfast. And we used to get up to that, and it was just amazing. When you come from Enniskill into Belfast, it's a big transformation. But, uh, but yeah, it was tough those years. And I don't know, I guess in many ways it's kind of, I would say, when I look back, just having gone through that on your own, that sense of isolation, it kind of, and I don't let me put this, put this out there to put you off ever considering this, but it kind of prepares me for ministry in a lot of ways, you know, just having to, in a lot of ways, go through things in a sense of on your own, you know. Mm. Yes, there's people around you, but a lot of ways you have to go through things on your own, and uh, perhaps that was helpful for me growing up in that particular situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I said earlier, whenever I was talking about family and stuff, I um, grew up with my mum and I have my five brothers and sisters. Um, up until the age of two, um, I lived in Armagh with my mum and my dad. Um, but for different reasons, um, it was just the safest option for me and my mum to move away from him um, and to, to just totally have a, a separate life, if you would say. Um, so from about then, I have had no contact with my dad. Um, I don't know who he is. Probably if he was walking in this room, I'd say hi and not have a clue. Um, but that, that's what happened. Um, so we went and, and we lived with my granny and granda, um, me and my mum. It was just me and mum at this time. There was um, no one else, no, no other brothers or sisters. Um, and I'd say that growing up, um, it was kind of just who I was. It was, it was my story. But it was also something that, that it was my identity. Um, I, I didn't probably realize it until very recently, but it took over a lot of who I was. Um, and it really affected me in, in loads of different ways. Um, I kind of guess that from that, that um, I, I felt like I um, wasn't able to be loved, that I was des like wasn't deserving of love, and that there was something wrong with me. Um, purely because um, my dad was given an option to come and see me, um, supervised, and he didn't show up. Um, so that just put a lot of doubts in my head as to what was wrong with me and, and why did this um, why did this happen? Why did he not want to be involved in, in, in my life? Um, so yeah, I'd say that growing up, that has been um, probably one of the biggest struggles amongst others um, and one that has just been a life changer or affected my life in that way. Thank you for being so honest. How, how can you see God then use that situation for, for your good? Um, so this year I've been interning with Reach um, and it's where we go alongside young kids and, and young people um, and I kind of didn't think that God could use me in that way and I just thought, you know, well, that's my story but um, I can see him this year um, I've been um, involved in mentoring some kids that, that have been through the same thing um, and I can really see that this is a way that he is um, using me and, and I could be like... I'm so glad in a way that that has happened to me, and I'm so glad that this is something that I can use to help other people. Um, yeah. That's that's amazing. You are, you are so loved. You're so loved by your heavenly Father, and you're so loved by everybody here. That's thank you, Jess. What about you? Um. So, th since I came to faith at seven or whatever, I wouldn't say that there was um, a time in my life where I really doubted God or didn't understand, um, you know, what He was doing or had an anger or anything towards Him. And that all changed um, last October um, when my uncle suddenly passed away. And it was totally sudden. It was a heart attack. And that changed 
our family life um, forever as we're really close with him and everything. And um, at that stage, I didn't understand why God was doing this to my family when my cousins were now left without their father. Um, and it was the night before. So he died on the Sunday, the night before. See, I was actually doing the tell my story, but it was like from the mission team's perspective. And I was talking about my time in Philadelphia at Spruce Hill and what I'd learned. And the thing that I'd learned was talking to those kids and everything that God turns brokenness into beautiful things and that he's working um, for our good and for his glory. And I was standing at CE and I was saying that and telling you all that and um, totally believing that. And then the next day this happened and it totally made me think, Judith, is that actually what you believe? Are you 100% confident that God is um, for you, not against you, that he is um, trying to make everything work for your good and for his glory? And I really did struggle with that for months and months. And then I just kept coming back to his word and um, at my uncle's funeral I was asked to pick a reading and um, I chose Psalm 121 and I read it and um, the promises in that that he, God's our protector that he's the one who we need to look to in times of trouble and times of hurt and um, that situation that God's just taught me that yes he is there for me that he is protecting he is guiding and I'm 100% confident in that from that situation that's all for now um, let me throw a couple of ones I didn't even let you know I was going to ask you just on that, you know, are there any Bible passages, maybe that is it, or other ones that have helped you in times of difficulty or, or doubt or, or hardship? Well, yeah, Psalm 121 is ever since it's happened, it's been a real sense of comfort for me and my family. Um, as well, Romans 8, you know, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, um, even death for life. So, hmm. that as well. Do you have any? Um, I was actually given one by um, someone at New Horizon one year. Um, it was just after it'd been like a like messy time in the family um, and she was just like I feel like this is the verse that God wants me to give you um, and it was Isaiah 43 verse 2 and I can't remember the whole thing but I can remember the verse line and it was um, when you walk through the waters I'll be with you um, and that's just one that has stuck with me ever since and that I keep reverting back to um, just whenever I um, feel like I could I don't know use it or which is basically every day it just keeps coming back into my mind so yeah that's actually one of mine because when I went to Grace and Peace the first time that was the, the camp verse and when they teach uh, Bible verses to kids in, in Philadelphia it's not like here where you get them to say it nicely back to you they're, they're like they're wee rats so you get them to scream and I walked into a room of like 50, 60 kids screaming but now thus says the Lord he who you know, you know when you pass through the waters I will be with you and that's that's really big one for me as well. Malcolm, what about you? You've yeah, got your no, I just, I just grabbed the Bible there because, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I take mental blanks at every given moment, you know? <laughs> and uh, even in church, sometimes you're leading people in services and the Lord's Prayer can just go out of your head. <laughs> and it, it looks really, really bad. So, um, yeah, if you're ever up on the front of doing it, and see, see weddings, absolute nightmare. You need to have the names of the bride and groom always in front of you, just in case. But, uh, no, um, we passage that I often look at. I, was go I remember going through, I was uh, just going through a tough time, and, uh, and just I really felt the Lord gave this to me. These verses from Psalm 73, it says this, Nevertheless, I am continue, continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me in your, with your counsel, and afterwards you'll take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth is nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That's all I need in a lot of ways. You know, uh, obviously all the rest of the Bible is all essential and good, but, uh, you know, times when I need to dig deep, that's where I look at those verses from Psalm 73. That's really helpful. The Bible is a good book. We'd recommend it, seriously. Um, 
Another question I was going to throw your way as well, um, just from a conversation I was having before he started, just you know, uh, reflecting my own life. Um, I know for me, not all of my friends or family believe. They're not all followers of Jesus. Um, are there any tips or advice that you could give and how to interact with that? Or maybe, maybe you're not good at that. You know, there, is there any way you think that would be helpful for us here at CE who have family members who don't believe for us to interact with that? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Um, family member uh, who I'm very close to really struggles with all of this. And uh, I remember one time asking me, Malcolm, how do I get to heaven? And I completely messed it up. Honestly, can say that. I think family are the hardest people to talk to about your faith. I genuinely mean that. And I felt terrible. I felt awful. I, here was this opportunity from this person who was very close to asking me, you know, how do I get to heaven? So what I had to do that night whenever I got home is just write it all out in a letter and post it to him. Um, I, I, just by writing it out, I felt that I could, I could say what I wanted to say without getting the words all messed up. And I posted it to him, and I got a text message whenever he received it, and he was just so pleased to get it. And I just pray that for him, if, if it didn't, wasn't significant for him that time, that maybe it's in the back of his Bible or somewhere special, that he'll open it up again and look at it again. But that was, for me, really, uh, it was just really important to do that, and maybe that's something you could try as well. Maybe put it down in pen and paper. That's great. Um, well, for me, my I don't know where my mom stands with um, with God and 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 all that and um, her boyfriend the guy um, she's going out with he isn't a Christian he actually didn't even know that God came to die on the cross for us um, until someone sat down and explained it to him and so I guess for me it's kind of I didn't really know how to deal with it um, or anything like that so I suppose it's just from my point I just continually try and show them God's love um, I continually just um, I know try and speak in their lives in some way um, whether that's reassuring them that Jesus loves them and that he is there for them um, and and that they're special to him um, but yeah I'm not really yeah. do really know how to yeah, do that I think we're all bad at it that's, yeah. um, I think practically loving them so some people think I'm crazy but um, my brother and his friends they're, they're a great bunch and I love them to pieces and I would get a late night text like can you come and collect me at one o'clock on a Saturday night or whatever and people think I'm crazy that every time he texts, I do it. And it's not, it's beca well, it's because I know that my heart's coming from, I need to show these people love. And they, they ask me, you know, why are you doing this? And whatever, and it's just, well, I love you. So it's that type of thing, just showing love and then them questioning my motives behind it. Sorry, just, uh, just building what you've both said. Um, I was also thinking, uh, pray like mad, you know, keep praying. I know one lady, who prayed for 25 years for her husband to come to faith, and he did, you know, but it took 25 years of prayer, 25 years of showing love, being there. The family are the hardest again, I think, because they see you in your dark sides, you know, they see the grumpy ones, uh, grumpy side to you, maybe late at night or early in the morning, whatever the case, looking over the cornflakes, not in really good mood with the day, you know, but it's like you both said, just loving uh, and uh, and being there, doing what it takes to demonstrate that love, but praying like mad at the same time. I think that's really important. Um, there's a guy I know called Bob, and this is another Philadelphia story. Go to Grace and Peace. Um, and he's not like, uh, he's some mental health challenges, um, but he, he loves to pray. And at Grace and Peace, they have a public time of prayer 
And he starts every prayer the same way. He goes, dear Lord Jesus, and he prays like that. Uh, and there was a woman called, um, I don't remember her name now, uh, but she, she worked in the shop across the road called Family Dollar. And every Sunday since Grace and Peace started to meet, he prayed for, insert name here, who works at Family Dollar. And he prayed for her every Sunday um, during the service and at this thing called 4 p.m. prayer. Um, I was in Philadelphia at Easter there, and I was there to see her become a member. He prayed for her for five years flat out. You know, five years, 25 years. Um, sometimes the hardest thing we can do is pray, um, but it's, I think it's the most important. Yeah, pray, absolutely. Um, Judith, tell me about how God has given you gifts, if he has. Um, clearly, balance is not one of them. And uh, how you've seen him use those in and through you. Uh, how could you encourage someone here at CE to use gifts that may be similar to you um, for his glory? Um, so I play a piano um, and I love music and studied it and whatever. And I think that's a gift that God has given me. And um, I enjoy leading his people in worship or helping to lead his people in worship. And um, whether that's playing at CE or at church or last year, I got the chance to play at Livewire. Um, it's been really special and it's been a great way of serving God. Um, and as well, I'm, I'm a teacher and um, I love working with children and I see... Um, my work as a teacher as also an opportunity to serve him and loving those children and um, help them see God. Super. Um, I know, probably, well, I love talking to people. I love, like, just people in general. Just, I don't know. Um, so probably more recently, um, I've had the opportunity to actually, like, stand up and speak in front of um, young people and kids, um, something that I never thought that I could do or would do. Um, but it's just these different opportunities that God has placed in my path, um, whether that's sharing my story or, or a wee bit more. Um, but yeah, I'd say if God has given you a gift um, and you're too afraid to use it, don't be too afraid to use it. Um, he has given it to you for a reason, and I would say that um, just use it for his glory. Um, no matter if you're scared or not, it'll soon become, um, I would say, pretty normal or okay um, after you've done it a couple of times. Yeah, um, I think for me, personally speaking, it's probably the gift of teaching, you know. Um, I, I love working at the scripture passages and sharing them. I love doing Bible fellowship and all that sort of stuff. It comes from a passion, I guess, you know, and uh, and I love just uh, seeing people. Uh, I love seeing the light bulbs switch on with their faith. We do um, Alpha a lot over in Armagh, and uh, just seeing how that all really kicks off with people and how they, they just everything just falls into place in a lot of ways, that they figure things out and... Uh, so yeah, the whole teaching evangelism thing, I just love that and mm -hmm. uh, really appreciate the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I think the passion's yeah. a big thing. You know, if you've got a passion for something, chances are you're probably gifted in some That's way, shape, or form. So, so do it. Um, sometimes, I know for myself, you know, getting stuck into reading my Bible or, or spending time in, in prayer can, can be tough, even though it's a really important thing, a really important part of following Jesus. Um, what, what has helped you guys personally persevere in those habits? Yeah, I need the Bible notes. Um, some people can open up the Bible and read without the help, but I do. <laughs> um, Encounter with God, made by Scripture Union. They're my wee notes that I use. And uh, and for you guys, if you go up the Faith Mission Bookshop, if you haven't got them already, they'll be able to help you out. But uh, I need those desperately to help me uh, work my way through and uh, and to, to keep the thoughts going. Yeah. But you're a minister. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. no, you're a bit human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like anybody else. Yeah, yeah. that's helpful. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
Um, I'm the same. I can't just open the Bible and read because I don't know where to start. Um, so I have a book. Um, it's called New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. Um, and it kind of just gives you like a way, like story kind of thing that sometimes links in with something from the Bible. Um, but it also gives you something practical as well. Um, and it's so relatable. Um, and then at the bottom, it gives you like a wee verse to read um, for, the, for further encouragement, as it says on the bottom. Um, so I find that a really useful way um, of keeping me on track. And Ruth and I read through that last year, and it's really good. But if you if you want a copy, I think we have a few, and if we don't have a few, we can get you some. So if you if you want a copy of something like, come and come and give us a shout, and we'll get you one. Okay. I actually use New Morning Mercies too, <laughs> um, but as well as that, um, I have to write everything down. So as well, I need something to kind of guide me. I can't just open it up, but then I need to actually really write down what I'm thinking through, so it's not coming going to stem ahead, but actually go down to my heart, and then I can read back and reflect on that. Um, and then another good thing, which I did use for a while, not so much now, um, just because I'm using something else, um, was the app Rooted. Mm-hmm. And um, I know it was live, or was it two years ago maybe, we were encouraged to, to read it. It's an app on your phone, you just download it, and it's like a passage in the morning time, then is it like midday or something, it asks you to take time to say the Lord's Prayer. And then at night time, it asks you to come back and reflect and to see what you've learned from the passage and how you're actually going to apply it to your life. It's really easy to follow. and yeah. yeah, that's really helpful. One thing I learned this week is that until like the last two or three hundred years, when people read, they, they, they used to read out loud. It's only recently that people started to read inside their heads. Um, and if you read out loud what you're reading in the Bible, that's a really helpful way to, to hear what God's saying to you in his word. Um, so that's, that's my two cents. Um, Judith, if someone here... I'm sure there's someone doesn't yet follow Jesus. What's your one piece of advice? Um, oh, I don't think. Um, I would say not just to forget about it and think it's nonsense. If you don't follow Jesus and have your reasons for that, I would say that you'd actually read the Bible and then really think about whether your reasons stand up. Because I think if you actually spend time reading the Bible and getting to know Jesus, I don't. I don't even understand how you could not understand his love for you and what he's done for you. Um, I would also like, I'd say the same as Judith, um, to read the Bible and, and stuff like that as well. But if you have any questions, yeah. um, do you use the people here at CE um, uh, who stand up and who lead and even any of us um, and just come up if you have any questions at all that you want to be answered if you're unsure about something um, or if you genuinely just don't know the answer and um, make use of, of the people who are here. Um, I guess for different people, there's different reasons maybe why they hold back. Um, some people don't like the thought of losing control, almost, you know. And and I think for men in particular, that's a big thing. We like to be in control. And uh, and you know, even as a Christian, I I remember struggling with this. And uh, you know, there was a song that used to be sung. I don't know. You guys are pretty too too young now, but Jesus, all for Jesus. And there's a line, and it says, "All of my ambitions, hopes, and plans, I surrender these into your hands." And I remember having to pray that, you know, and, uh, and you know, just really letting go of that. And sometimes um, it's that thought of uh, being not in control is something that we can... Some, and if, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, trying to a roundabout way, um, is think about, the, perhaps think about the reasons why you're holding back and maybe ask yourself the question, is that a reason to hold back? And talk, talk, to, to, folk, uh, talk to folk and explain that. And don't be afraid to say what's troubling you and struggling with, because let me tell you, there's nobody sorted. And, you know, the three of us, four of us, aren't sorted in a lot of ways, you know. 
And uh, if, there's, if there's something that, like, for instance, maybe there's something about the Christian faith that you just find hard to accept and you, you think, you know what, I, I really struggle with that concept. Well, talk it out. There's nothing new under the sun, the Scripture says. And, uh, and don't be afraid to ask questions, to probe. As I said before, we do a lot of Alpha. Alpha is amazing in that sense, or Life Explored, or any of those sort of courses, because it allows people to come together and ask those kind of questions and find, actually, you know what, I'm not my own. And don't ever feel that way. If you feel that, you know, you, you come along to see and you hear all these people and uh, talking and all, but you know what, it just doesn't make sense to you and there's some reason you're holding back. Just know that you're not on your own and don't be afraid to, to admit that and, uh, and ask for guidance and help. And uh, don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah. It's really helpful. Uh, one sentence answer. If someone here still thinks, why bother with church? If I'm a Christian, why do I need church? What's one sentence you'd say to convince them of its worth? Jesus bothered with church. <laughs> drop the mic now, drop it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can say it in one sentence. Um, we'll give you three. <laughs> well, uh, I know. It's just your church family, it's the people there. Um, I'd say, why not bother with it? You go, you learn, and you. Um, it's just summer where they can really uphold you and journey along with you. So, yeah. why not? Great. Yeah. Um, there's times I might ask the same question. Uh, <laughs> no, um, the church can be incredibly frustrating. Uh, and uh, it can seem as if things just turn so slowly in the church. And you sort of think that sometimes um, that it's about certain people having power and all the rest. But it's not. It's not, like, it's not, it's not the way it should be, at least. And uh, if you struggle with your church, what I would say to you is maybe consider getting more involved. Maybe saying to your minister, you know what, is there something I can do? And whenever you're in positions of responsibility, whenever you're stepping up, whenever you're more involved, then you're more in a position to help the church become what it can be. And you can speak for young people and you can say, you know what, this would really help us, you know. So what I'm saying to you is if your church is a struggle, please don't give up on it. Maybe just try and uh, try and get more involved and see if you can try and uh, encourage your minister. Uh, and believe me, ministers need encouraged. <laughs> we get very down and lonely sometimes, but we need. Uh, but encourage your minister. Show show him or her that you're there to support them, and that you you want to see your church flourish and you want to see your church grow, and uh, that you want to see people uh, come to Christ through it. So please don't give up. Give up on it. Try to do your best uh, to be involved and to, to help shape it. It's really helpful. Anyway, this is the last CE of the year as we're into September. There's no CE through the summer. If, if you're not connected to a church, um, that's what we would love for you to be. We'd love for you to be connected to a local church. Um, if you're not, come and have a chat with us. We'd love to connect you to somewhere where you know either your friends are going, someone that preaches the gospel, somewhere that we'd love to get you involved. So do come and talk to us. Last question. Do you have any plans for this summer? How can we pray for you? Malcolm. <laughs> yeah, um, the summer, at the end of the summer, we take a bunch of kids to Summer Madness. So we'll be camping in a field for a few nights up in Glenarm, which is also, oh, it's just awesome. I'd really encourage you if you're, if you're free at that end, end of the month and you fancy giving a go. Uh, just like New Horizon, and New Horizons are awesome as well. If you haven't decided whether you're going to New Horizon, go. I want to say that. Uh, hoping to call in a New Horizon as well after the holidays and uh, then Holiday Bible Club in, in Armagh. So that's... Yeah, just pray, pray for the young people going to Summer Madness and uh, kids coming to Summer Ma- at uh, uh, Holiday Bible Club as well. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm going to Philadelphia, um, 19 days and counting. I'm very excited. 
Um, and also, I think I'm being a leader at LiveWire this year as well. Um, so probably just prayer for both teams, um, that it'll just be Christ-centered. Um, and for me, that I will just um, be expectant of what God can do. Um, so the first week in July, um, I had a way to tell you more with the GB and BB camp with Knockmockley Church. And um, yeah, it's just an opportunity for us to share the gospel with those young people. So you could pray that they're willing to listen and to ask questions and to be vulnerable like we're talking about. Um, then I'm hopefully going to New Horizon with CE this year um, and staying at Akron Village. And on the Wednesday night... Um, I played the live wire band last year, and Rebecca and Ian Bennett have been asked to lead on the Wednesday night, and I've been asked to play piano or keys too. So um, that's something that I know we're all nervous for, and we love your prayer as we prepare for the Wednesday night of New Horizon um, to lead God's people in worship. And um, if you just pray that we won't get too stressed about the sound or whatever, but our hearts are just fully focused on him. Um, and at the end of summer, I'm going back to Philadelphia. Um, I've done Spruce Hill Camp a few years, um, so I'm going back with Ellen and we're going to just see the people there and reconnect with them and just to share um, and fellowship with them as well. Unreal. Does that mean we have to call you main stage Judith from now yeah. on? Okay, main stage Judith. <laughs> um, could you please give Malcolm, Nicole and main stage Judith a round of applause? <laughs> Before you... All right, cut it out. <laughs> Before you take your seats, let's, let's, as the band come up, let's, let's pray for these guys. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness to us, your faithfulness in our lives. We thank you that you called us to yourself, that we're yours, that when we go through trials in this life, you're with us, you never leave us or forsake us, that you are by our side. It's you that carries us through this life. Would you help us to continue to, to trust in you, to spend time with you, to read your word, to benefit from that, to delight in it, Lord, we thank you for Malcolm, for his influence in Portadown, um, his influence in start helping start up expression, his influence in Armagh. Be with him as he takes people to Summer Madness, his church's holiday Bible club, as he serves you and leads a congregation in Armagh. Lord, thank you for Nicole. We thank you for her story, how much you love her, and how much that is evident in her life. Would you be with her as she heads out to Philly this year, to grace and peace, to serve you there, as she heads to Livewire, to serve many people in this room there as well. Lord, would you help her to focus on you through all of that, to rely on you, uh, on your power and your help. Lord, thank you for Judith as well. I thank you that she has opportunities to serve you at New Horizon on the main stage, to head back to Philadelphia, somewhere that's impacted her, to go to a GB and uh, BB camp. Lord, would you use her mightily uh, over this summer? Lord, we pray for all of us. Would you help us to trust in you because you're to be trusted? Would you help us to grow in our love for you? Lord, would you help us to follow you? every day of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. If you all just want to stand.